Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. I'm excited to have Blake Chanova, who has over 15 years of entrepreneurial and real estate capital Marcus experience. He has built and sold companies transcending various industries and countries. And some of Mr. Janova's track record includes building global logistical infrastructure as CEO of a large direct-to-consumer company, uh, overseeing the analysis and processing of billions of dollars in commercial real estate mortgages, building more than 100 class, class A apartment units in Miami, owning a commercial real estate license direct lender and many more. Uh, he's been published by Forbes, Housing Wire, and other industry journals. Uh, welcome to the show, Blake. Thank you for having me. I, w- with that introduction, I sound far more interesting than I really am. But, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to have you on board. And, uh, you know, uh, you're also founder of Stanover Ventures. And you know, you such an interesting background because you've been to, into real estate and, uh, and you know, U.S. definitely has, has a much more interesting real estate space when it comes to commercial uh, real estate. And how did you get into startups and what, what got you interested to build Janova Ventures? So these are, these, let's try to keep these answers short. Uh, so, the, so the first question was like, what made me become an entrepreneur? Is, is that right? Yeah. So this is, this is something that I think is probably uh, somehow encoded in my DNA. I think uh, uh, my grandfather and, and, uh, and, and there's generations back of entrepreneurs in the family. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of my environment when I was a kid, but uh, I, as soon as I could uh, walk and talk, I was starting businesses, whether it was, you know, snow shoveling, uh, getting all the snow shovelers together in my community or uh, having the most successful lemonade stand, you know, it is what it is. So I started probably my first, uh, my first business that, that made me more than a million dollars in the very early 2000s. I was, I don't maybe I was like 19 years old or something like that. And that's really when I started in, in real estate and real estate finance and like the technology overlay. So that's been going on for uh, gosh, more than 15 years, almost 20. It's a long wow. time. And Thanks. the other question was, was Janover Ventures? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Janover Ventures. Um, I worked for quite some time kind of passively in commercial real estate, capital markets and technology. And uh, I put together this like, network of websites and systems and everything else. Uh, but I had, I had failed uh, in businesses in the past. Uh, I had some successes and I had some big blowups. So before I started General Ventures, I was kind of like a little scared. Um, and I said, hey, you know, I'm not going to build something big. I'm just going to, uh, you know, run, run the business, make some money, do some good. And I think from pressure from uh, my sister, uh, from from friends, uh, indirectly from, from my wife, she would never put pressure on me, but like, like, like helpful nudges, uh, employees, uh, like really got me to the place where I set up, I said, okay, we're going to do Janover Ventures. We're going to, we're going to, I'm putting my name on it and we're going to do things that we never dreamed of doing. We're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to solve this big problem in, in commercial real estate financing uh, and, and we're going to do it 
really well, really fast and touch as many people as possible. And that's kind of, that's what's going on now. Got it. So, so you like a connection between, you know, commercial real estate investors and, and lenders, right? So, uh, so, you know, what, what are some of the challenges which, you know, commercial real estate investors uh, actually have? Do, do they have access to, to finance and, uh, you know, how, how are you digitizing the whole concept? That's a, that's a great question. So there's a lot of challenges facing investors and lenders. So the challenge that investors are facing is number one, a lot of them, especially in the middle of America, are for smaller loans between a million and five million or ten million dollars. It doesn't sound small to you or to me, but in, in the, you know the big banking finance world, it's nothing. It's tiny. So these these borrowers, these investors, developers, owners, operators, uh, they've been going to their to their local bank, and their local bank gives them a certain deal. And what they don't know or don't realize is that the bank next door may have a totally different deal, different leverage, different terms, different interest rates, different recourse, different rules. And what they really don't realize in many cases is that all the way over in Washington, D.C. and in Wall Street, there's multi-billion dollar funds that have much more competitive loan programs uh, that can make them more competitive as business owners, reduce their risk, reduce their, their costs, their interest rates, and give them a better, and give them a better product. And, and that's out there. So these, these borrowers in the, middle of, in the middle of America, mostly, but we also work with people in LA, Miami, New York, you know, whatever, but these borrowers really don't know about uh, all these options, or they don't know how to access them. Um, and on the big billion dollar fund side, these huge multi-billion dollar companies, what do they care about a million dollar loan? Not only is it difficult for them to go get it, to build a digital infrastructure, to acquire uh, uh, clients online, right? But they have no incentive because they could do one loan for $10 million or 10 loans for $1 million. They're going to do the one loan for $10 million, and they're going to make the same money for one-tenth of the work, for one-tenth of the effort. So the first thing we're doing is we're, we're making it easier for these lenders to get these borrowers, and we're making it easier for these borrowers to find these lenders. And in the middle, we're working on building software and technology to reduce these frictions uh, as much as possible, because there's a lot of frictions in the middle. And finally, uh, we have proprietary lead flow. We have... We have unlimited leads. It's not unlimited, but you know, we built something that's kind of like the Investopedia of commercial real estate. So we have all these websites, multifamily.loans, HUD.loans, commercial real estate.loans, CMBS.loans. We just crossed over this month, 1 million visitors in the last 12 months. So uh, it's mostly organic. It's like more than 900,000 uh, direct organic search uh, visitors that we're providing them educational content. We're giving them the tools like, Hey, you could go do it yourself. And, and, or, you know, we, we can help make it happen for you and, and hold your hand along the way. So that's kind of the, some of the stuff that, that we're working on and how we're doing it. Interesting. And uh, you, you know, you talked about your digital media network. Uh, uh, it's, is, is that the uh, only way you're getting all your deal flow? I'm wondering how do you acquire customers? How do you acquire these borrowers who can come out to your uh, platform. Yeah, so most of our lead flow is through SEO, which is uh, search engine optimization. And this right. is when you go on Google and you look for something, you don't have a paid ad, you, like the first organic spot uh, for many, for thousands of searches, 
we're on that first page of Google for a thousand of relevant searches. Once somebody comes to our website, well, then we're going to do some marketing, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to remarket to people. We're going to follow them around and offer them some, uh, some options and remind them who we are, like, you know, a little tap on the shoulder. Uh, you know, don't, don't forget, if you want to get a multifamily loan, you can come through our portal over here and we'll send them back uh, in, into, uh, into our portal and uh, ultimately, um, you know, run our... Uh, our algorithms or our, you know, processes and, and score the, the, the leads and distribute them uh, uh, to, to connect them with, with either folks in, internally or uh, lender partners, uh, depending on a myriad of uh, factors. Got it. And, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to commercial real estate, uh, you know, what, what are the current splits between, you know, multifamily and, you know, other, other real estate uh, and, um, uh, you know, something very interesting there in, in US is uh, uh, you also have retail outlets, which are also classified as commercial estate. So, so what do you think is, is, is the is the split between all the real estate uh, products that you have? What is the, the state, did you say? Uh, the, the split between, you know, multifamily and commercial real estate. Uh, the split. So uh, is that right? It's like, what's the split? Like, how do we break it up? Yes. Okay, so um, you know we have we have products for multifamily, office, retail, industrial, hospitality, uh, SBA, right? And a lot of what we do is uh, involves government uh, guarantees, sponsorship, subsidies, stuff like that. So Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA have great multifamily products, and there is uninterrupted liquidity when banks stop or freeze and CMBS companies shut down and lenders don't want to lend, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA put money into multifamily and the SBA puts money into owner-occupied commercial real estate and, and business loans. So um, to speak to the split earlier in the year, we were heavier on office and uh, uh, office construction. And now we're doing a lot of multifamily refinances uh, because rates are super low and uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are putting out great stuff. COVID has been um, a real challenge for commercial real estate as a whole. But when you disaggregate it and break it into little pieces, um, uh, multifamily generally has been incredibly resilient, has performed really, really well, surprisingly well. Student housing suffered, right? But multifamily as a whole, uh, outside of New York City and San Francisco, has performed really, really well. Uh, industrial uh, and distribution centers have performed well. Uh, small office and office in small markets, poorly. Small retail, poorly. Office with, with AAA tenants, like in New York City and San Francisco, doing great. Their tenants aren't showing up but they're paying their rent because they have good credit. So uh, the buildings are in better shape because they don't have to bother with having people in them. Um, so anyway, we are, uh, because, of the, because of the products we have, we're able to kind of move with the market. And since we don't make loans or lend money, we don't shoulder or carry any risk uh, associated with uh, underwriting and credit and, and things like that. All right, and uh, Blake looks like it's, it's, it's a huge market. It's around 3.6. A trillion dollars. Uh, I was wondering, you know, who are your competitors when it comes to, uh, you know, financing such uh, commercial real estate borrowers? So there's a few kinds of competitors. There's big lenders, but instead of competing with those incumbents, we're working with them to be their digital client acquisition. Uh, there's uh, commercial mortgage brokerages 
right? Traditional commercial mortgage brokerage businesses, those are our most direct uh, competitors. And uh, the way we're competing with them is that because we can make the, pro the process more efficient, uh, we can work with smaller loans and we can work with, with larger loans more quickly and more efficiently. Um, and, and there's just going to be a race to the bottom in fees. And because we don't have a million originators, right? Uh, our sales staff is so light. Uh, right now, it's only two guys. Uh, that's all we need. To, to do everything that we're doing. Uh, whereas they need an army of uh, uh, college students on the phones, cold calling and, and all these other crazy things. We have almost a million free visitors to our websites a year. And there's also some companies uh, that are working on building kind of a marketplace, kind of like that part of our process, uh, but they don't have what that I know of, what we have, which is so many multifamily commercial and business owner eyeballs and that proprietary lead generation. If you've ever been in, uh, if you've ever been in a business that has any sales, everybody's like, where do you get the leads? Where are the leads? Where we own the leads. It's our leads. So, uh, um, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where we are right now. Got it. And I wanted to understand about, about your unit economics uh, you know, since you are using SEO marketing and content marketing, uh, does it does it really lower down your uh, your cost of acquisition? Uh, I just wanted to understand, you know, uh, what would be the unit economics for for such a such a product? I mean, so our our cost per acquisition from a marketing perspective is, uh, let's say, you don't don't hold me to this, right? But I would say that we are less than less than ten percent of our uh, of our of our revenue goes to client acquisition, and I, from my experience, we could shut off all of our marketing um, and just have a zero dollar uh, or, or near zero dollar acquisition cost uh, because we have so much so much SEO. Um, so a lot of the money that we're spending on, on the top of the SEO is kind of inefficient, but because the unit economics are so, are so substantial, it doesn't, it, it's immaterial. So, um, depending on which, depending on which vertical we're in, uh, is, uh, kind of like there's, there's a different average unit e economics. So it can go anywhere from like a particular type of deal where the average unit economics are $200,000 per deal all the way down to uh, really small business loans where we're just, uh, we're just making it easy to facilitate uh, a $10,000 loan where we might make a couple hundred bucks. And that's okay because uh, they're both using the same amount of bandwidth, which is very little. Today, I have an interesting stat for you. Did you know that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x? They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash social pilot to get a 14 day free trial. Got it. And uh, 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 do you also use an app or other, other you know, what, what, are, what are the touch points which, which borrowers can use uh, to, uh, to look at Janova Ventures? Uh, so we've got a lot of websites, multifamily.loans, commercialrealestate.loans, cmbs.loans, so, so on and so forth. You could go to janover.ventures forward slash brands, uh, and you'll have a list of a lot of our websites uh, and a lot of our brands. Um, we're in the process of building a very cool portal that people will be able to access directly, uh, and we're hoping that it's going to be something like the Rocket Mortgage for commercial real estate, but we'll see 
we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I can execute. Hopefully we can execute. Um, and uh, that's it. You know, I'll tell you what, if you're online and you're looking for multifamily loans, you're going to end up on one of our sites and you're going to, and, and you're going to see our ads and you're going to come back for more uh, because we're really convincing digitally. No, that's interesting. Use digital media to, uh, you know, to, uh, send traffic to your website. Um, uh, you know, uh, you've also used, uh, you're also using, you know, the public campaign tool to raise funding from, from users. Um, uh, what's, why are you going through the crowdfunding platform and not, why are you not using VC money to, to raise funding? It's great. I've got so many answers for that. I love that question. Yeah. So first off, um, this is our company. And we're going we're gonna to have control, we're going to make the rules, we're going to set the terms, and we're going to set the course for our success. A uh, very sweet, uh, you know, wonderful VC living on the other side of the country or the other side of the world uh, is not going to be driving our business. We're going to be driving our business. We're going to be driving our long-term goals. We're not going to be driven by short-term decision-making. Oh, you've got to blitz scale and you have to 10X and then keep and then, and then raise another round and another round or you're going to fail. Um, we, we, we started this year profitable. We care about profitability. We started this year cash flow positive. We're still cash flow positive uh, right through COVID. Um, we really care about those things. So another reason is, is because our mission is around democratizing uh, access to commercial real estate capital. It's democratizing access to capital markets. And Reg CF is literally that. It's how do we give investors access to things that they didn't have access to before? So it's, it's completely aligned uh, with who we are and, uh, and what we're doing. Uh, the truth is I didn't know uh, if, it would, if it would work well or, 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 or how it would go. Uh, it was a really high risk endeavor. And uh, as, of, as of our recording here, we've, uh, we've been featured in places like Angels and Entrepreneurs and King's Crowd and Investor Place. And we have uh, 1,800 investors more with more than $400,000 invested. And it's been, um, it's been a really positive, exciting, scary, fun, uh, wonderful experience. Hey, correct. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, you, you raising, I think you raised more than, more than a million dollars. Well, what is, uh, I'm sorry, around $400,000. And, uh, what, what, what would the money used for? And, uh, you know, what is, what are your plans going ahead? So it's, it's so far we, du we doubled our 2019 revenue in 2020. And uh, I hope we can triple it. We'll see what happens. Uh, and we want to, we kind of want to keep doing that right every year. And the only way to do that is to hire amazing people. So the money is going to be used to hire uh, uh, developers, right? Or depending how much, right? But hiring for our development team to build software, to release software more, qu more quickly for our content team uh, so we can continue to expand our SEO moat, our digital media moat to the point where it becomes insurmountable by, uh, by competitors. Uh, we have to, uh, we'll probably do some more um, interesting and creative digital marketing stuff. Um, and we've got to, and we, we've got to hire smart people to help us build the processes, uh, to, to make us, uh, uh more scalable uh, so that we can hire more. We'll, we'll probably ultimately put somebody else, um, in the lender relationship side of things so we can continue to cultivate lender relationships on our platform. And, 
that's it. And then we're, you know, and then we're going to be really seriously considering um, a next round, uh, hopefully much bigger uh, so that we can pour some rocket fuel in this spaceship because we're, we're going to, we're going to Mars. I'm going to, we'll meet Musk in Mars. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, you also mentioned that you, you uh, around $80 million was, was uh, funded in, in quarter one of this year. And, you know, if you look at the, the run rates, it's more than around $300 million. Uh, what, what do you understand? What is the revenue model? How much, how much money do you make out of, uh, you know, all the loans are being processed? And uh, I assume you also, you you like a technology platform, but you do not really find out uh, the borrowers. So there's a lot less risk when it comes to this sort of model. Yeah, so generally speaking, uh, and not in all cases, but mostly speaking, we're doing revenue share with lenders and partners. So um, we're giving them volume of business. They're giving our borrowers better deals, better rates, better terms, and we're taking revenue share. And our revenue share uh, can be anywhere. Uh, it, it equates to anywhere from 25 basis points to four or 500 basis points per deal basis. So, so hundred basis points is 1%. So we could make, if you, if you use a, a million dollars as, as a, as a rule of thumb, we could make anywhere from 2,500 to $50,000 uh, a deal, depending on the, 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 depending on the product, the lender, um, is it a balance sheet lender? Are they selling loans on the secondary market and securitizing them? Um, it, it depends on a myriad of factors, but, uh, but, but that's upon closing, we take some piece of the lender's revenue um, and, and we calculate it as, as an expression of, of, of a percentage of the total loan amount. Got it. And uh, I want to understand about your team. Are you the sole founder or do you, do you have other you know, co-founders helping out in this company? I am the, I am the sole founder, um, but I am not alone. Uh, there's people in this team I trust like, like my family. And uh, if I were to spontaneously combust, uh, she, would, she would go on without me. But uh, I'm really glad to be here. It's, uh, I've had... Uh, many companies uh, in in my life, some very big. I, I, you know, sold one. I uh, blew up some others. <laughs> Try not to blow this one up. And uh, you know, I put my name on it, so I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, but uh, I'm I'm the I'm the sole founder with a team of people that are smarter and more wonderful than me uh, around me. Got uh, uh, Blake, uh, you've been into real estate. We've got a lot of uh, people who are listening to this podcast and they're from the business side of the, of the world. You know, they, they're more into sales and operations and they, they're, they're a little fearful to create software products, right? Um, and since you're a sole founder, I wanted to understand, you know, what does it take to build a, build a software company? What if you don't have that, uh, you know, expert, uh, or tech, technical expertise, do you think we can, uh, a founder can still build a, build a you know, high quality business? Of course, and it depends who you're talking to, what the path is. So if you talk to somebody in Silicon Valley, they're gonna tell you the path is a technical co-founder. And that may be the case, um, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, I think that when we read these, these business books, these biographies of people that are successful and read these stories about Uber and, uh, and, and, and the, the one in a million deals that becomes a thousand X or a hundred thousand X for, for a VC investor. And we say, well, this is what they did. So this is a model for what I should do, but it's a really classic case 
of survivorship bias. So we don't know about the 10,000 people that did the same exact thing and failed. So what I would say is uh, there's, there's no limits. We live in this beautiful uh, uh, distributed universe right now with a gig economy where you can go on to Upwork and you can say, listen, I want to hire somebody who's uh, build $10,000 or $100,000 and has had all positive reviews. And he's, uh, uh, you know, some brilliant engineer and it's X dollars per hour. And, and that's okay. And that might be a place to find a co-founder too, but there's, there's a lot of resources um, out there. And, uh, and if you're young um, and this is something that's interesting to you, learn to code. I, when I was, I, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a technical founder, but I could tell you that when I was uh, 12 years old, 11 years old, I taught myself uh, Borglund C++. Uh, you know, I, I, I bought the book and I learned how to program because uh, I thought it was cool. Um, so it's, it's, harder, uh, it's, uh, it's harder to pick up new stuff really quickly now as well as I did when I was, when I was 12. Um, but, uh, but don't, don't, don't let that, don't let that hold you, hold you back. Uh, if you're not a fancy full stack web developer, uh, you can find a co-founder, you can, you can find some contractors, uh, you can get a proof of concept going. Um, that's, that should, that shouldn't hold anybody back. Good to Great by Jim Collins. Awesome. Have you read it? Yeah, I love, love that book. Uh, all the books of Jim Collins are some of my favorites. He's, he does this, he did this thing with the fox and the hedgehog. That just, that just blew my mind. In the, in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fox. I'm a fox. I'm here and I'm there and I'm everywhere. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, I, I have to be a hedgehog. Okay. Uh, so that, uh, it's a wonderful book. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you could go back in time when you started uh, working with Jennifer Ventures, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? So I did a really, I feel like I did a pretty good job. Uh, if I, if I could do it a little bit differently, I would have, I would have raised money sooner and I would have invested uh, in, in building our software sooner, not from the beginning. Uh, I'm, I, I wouldn't do things a year and a half earlier. I would just, uh, but I might've, I might've, I might've invested more deeply six months earlier and started fundraising six months earlier or, or eight months earlier or something like that. And, and if I could go back to earlier versions of myself and earlier businesses, I would tell them, um, go raise money. Um, so I never did it before. This is my first time do, doing this activity. Got it. And uh, what's your favorite online tools? Example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom. You know, it's so funny. I wrote Slack and then I crossed it out because everybody uses Slack. So I'll tell you the tool that uh, that saved my life was Notion, is Notion. Um, nice. And I use that for managing my brain. I have this like, I have this, constant flow of ideas that are constantly coming uh, uh, all the time. And if I don't write them down or say something immediately, they're gone. So uh, I use, I use notion and I make, I have like a personal Kanban board and all my new thoughts and ideas go into there. And every morning I can like open it up on my desktop and 
uh, and, uh, you know, organize it. Um, so sometimes I have a good idea. Correct. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I absolutely agree. I use Google Sheets and uh, to keep a track of all the ideas that is coming out. Um, yeah, Blake, uh, you know, you're running a campaign on Republic. Uh, can I talk a little more about for the campaign and uh, can can even non-accredited investors also invest into your company or not? Any, anybody can invest. I mean, subject to laws and, and rules that I don't know anything about. Uh, it's the minimum investment is a hundred dollars. Uh, it's on republic.co. Uh, our campaign is republic.co forward slash Janover uh, hyphen ventures. So Janover, J-A-N-O-V-E-R dash ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. So republic.co forward slash Janover ventures. And uh, as, as of the day we're doing this, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, we've uh, it's more than $400,000 from almost more than 1800 people, almost 2000 people. It's, uh, you know, it's wonderful. And uh, it, it ends this year. So there's still uh, October, what, November, December, there's still a, a, about two months left. Um, so no rush, but uh, I hope it fills up really quickly and uh, get in while you can. Uh, we're not going to be running this round forever. Congratulations! I think four hundred thousand uh, dollars raising any kind of money is is very uh, difficult. So congratulations on that, and we'll we'll put that on the Thank on the you. show notes. Uh, Blake, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more more about you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you just look up my name, Blake Janover. I'm probably I'm pretty active there. If you want to get weird, uh, I'm on Twitter and I'm tweeting all kinds of weird stuff that comes in my head. Uh, like not professional, I don't think, uh, but that's at Blake Janover. Uh, and you could shoot me an email, but it's, it's hit or miss if I respond. It's uh, Blake at Janover.Ventures. Correct, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Blake, thank you so much for taking our time and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.